what the people are used to. Um, so, uh, for people watching on YouTube, you're you're not my normal co-host. Uh, you're you're not Dirk Perfect, Mike Simon. You're a good friend of mine. Um, who are you? I am uh, Chris Johnson. I am a retired Green Beret. Okay. Uh, so, I'm still living in Pennsylvania. Uh, Mike lives in Indiana, so this logistically doesn't always work. He's done many episodes without me, and uh, it's my turn. <laughs> it's my turn to, to branch out on my own and, and have an episode. Um, so, basically, uh, I know you don't, I know you love giving bios of yourself. My, my, my background yes. and my, so, my story. So yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to say you are welcome to say whatever or not at all. I, oh, it doesn't okay. matter. Right. It's up to you. Um, something that I'd like to talk about is I'd like to talk about how people can start bettering themselves. Um, mm -hmm. Something that Mike likes to do with the podcast is he likes to kind of give the back or uh, behind the scenes, if you will, of YouTube and stuff and, and have a platform where he can talk more in depth on topics. Mm -hmm. I kind of like to to um, talk with people who are wiser than I am. I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, I have wisdom, but... It's more than I have. So. Okay. Uh, I have some... I've, I've been on the earth for a little while. Yeah. yeah. You, see? So so I, I, like to talk, I like to talk to people because I like to have conversations with people that I feel like somebody watching or listening could potentially go, hey, you know what? That makes sense. Okay. I like to provoke yeah. thought. Uh, so, you know... I, I'm an instructor by trade. Yes. I work for Lodestone Training and Consulting here in Pennsylvania. It's a traveling company, so we go all over the country. Uh, we will be out in Salt Lake later uh, this year, um, down in Texas a lot. Uh, very flexible with uh, what we do. We primarily focus on firearms training, but we also branch into the uh, preparedness mindset with seminars and we like to call it our, our steer environment series. So any environment that uh, is not your home with comfortable couches and you know air conditioning and things like that. So um, a lot of the wilderness skills, land navigation, uh, how to operate in an urban environment. You know, people think austere environment, they think the woods uh, can actually be a city. Uh, shoot, it can be an airport. Mm -hmm. um, so. That's what I do for a living right now. Like I said in the beginning, I'm a retired Green Beret. I spent 20 years active duty, uh, 14 of which were with 5th Special Forces Group at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I have, I like to say, nine combat vacations. Um, lots of interesting uh, experiences, good experiences. Wouldn't trade them for anything. I learned a lot. I was surrounded by some of the absolute best people and was just fortunate to experience and to grow and learn from those people. That's who, what really made me be where I'm at now. And when I was getting ready to retire, um, the owner of Lodestone, a uh, good friend of mine offered me to come up here. I was not going to do it. I had a pretty good uh, gig for the air force. Um, that was a contract gig and paid really well. That that's what, what made sense. And, uh, the more I, I thought about it and prayed about it, I realized this is where I needed to be. I needed to be an instructor and pass the knowledge I had on. So I came on with Lodestone full time in 2020 okay. and I've been up here for, well, this is my third year mm -hmm. with them. I, I started in uh, January of 2020. So really? yeah. I didn't know that you were a 
so recently up here. Yeah, no, I, I, I got up. I actually moved to Pennsylvania in August. Mm -hmm. It was July. Yeah, it was July uh, 2020. Okay. Um, we sold our house down in Tennessee, and I came up here to find a house. The family lived out in Utah with, with my mother-in-law until uh, that got squared away, and we got the house. We didn't get into the house till November. It was a whole craziness. You know, it was 2020, all the you know craziness that was going on with that. I am familiar. Yeah, <laughs> you are, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Um, we'll probably get into that a little bit. Yeah. Too. So um, then uh, I've been up here. And we, we primarily focus on being able to give open enrollment classes. That's everyday civilian who has an interest in preparedness and making themselves better. That's where our hearts are. That's where we want to train. We do do a lot of uh, private classes and um, military or government contracts. Those are to keep the lights on. Right. Uh, we work with the federal agency pretty uh, regularly, um, and they keep the lights on a lot, uh, which is great because then it allows us to keep our prices very reasonable so well, everyone can come and train. If the lights go out, you have things for that too, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do specialize a lot in night vision. Yes. Um, that is one area that, you know, with my background, I understand the importance of being able to operate at in, in the dark mm -hmm. and the advantages that it has. Uh, I've been in classes and I've tried to convince people that you do not need another Daniel defense, you know, right. you need to actually get yourself a, uh, a good set of PBS 14s. Yeah. It's, right. it's 3,500 bucks for a whole setup, but you're going to avoid problems with night vision and it's going to be much better for you. So you get, you get to become more well-rounded. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which... And that's one of the things that we really focus on is that whole, uh, whole concept. We have the, the light fighter concept, mm -hmm. uh, being that asset, not a liability. And it's everything from your ability to provide security, whether it's uh, firearms or situational awareness, uh, your ability to move and communicate your ability to sustain yourself, your ability to do medical, your ability to have food storage, all of those things we focus pretty heavily on. And it's really about helping the individual find a path and reach those goals. Okay. And I've personally, that's, that's I would say that's how I met you. I met you first through Dan, who's a very good friend of mine. Um, but, Dan uh, is my, uh, my adopted son. Yes. Yeah. Uh, forcefully adopted. Forcefully he, adopted. he forcefully adopted me as his father. Um, but you know, it, I did it once myself, so I had to, right. you know, accept him. Which is interesting too, and it, it segues into a point that I would like to get out here in the beginning, um, is that you know you guys have a podcast. Lodestone has a podcast. Yes. It's not currently on YouTube. I'm going to pull your guys' arm until it's on YouTube. <laughs> but you can well, find it on. We we are a uh, a dinosaur company. I mean, yeah. you know, it, like technology scares us. Right. Uh, that's okay because yeah. that's how you know it's a good company. Yeah, we we are both uh, Gen X guys. You right. know, we're in our forties. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I got you. But yeah, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on iHeart. That's right. usually where people find us. It's a Lodestone Training Consulting Podcast. Yeah, and it's a for anybody seriously listening to this, you really should take a minute. And this is one hundred percent from the bottom of my heart. That podcast is worth your time. Um, I've listened to all of the seasons. I've followed it along and religiously wait for it on Monday. 
So which we have a lot of hate mail right now yes, because we, we, we have uh, <laughs> we're waiting. We're going to Shot Show next week, right? And uh, we'll be producing some uh, some content while right. we're out there. But we've taken a little bit of a vacation with the holidays and life being crazy you know, and everything. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's just my Monday morning. Right? <laughs> but, There's uh, a lot of people that that hit us up with that. Yeah, you know? but I've got to commute. What I was gonna say is, you actually got my force adopted father before I could, because <laughs> I've been trying to track him down onto this podcast for yeah. about eight months now. Yeah. Well, see, but, I I did the um, I I drug him to New England with yes. me. I was like, hey, I need a I need another shooter. Right. And I brought him up there to be a, a, a second instructor for me for a private client. And uh, I had him as a captured uh, yeah. you know, audience. I was like, eh, now that we're stuck in the hotel room. I'm afraid to capture him, so that's yeah. all you. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody who's interested, I've, do you remember the title off the top of your head? Um, we did two with him. Yeah. We did one on planning your uh, training year, yes. planning out your calendar. And then... Um, I believe the other one was on mental toughness. Yes, and that is the one that I think everybody should listen yeah. to. Um, nothing against the other, but yeah. when I think of James, that's well, what I think Well, the, the other one was, uh, we were both smoked. It was like 10 o'clock yeah. at night. We had been on the range <laughs> training all day, and we were like, ah, let's knock this podcast out. Right. <laughs> so an overview of, of, I guess, what I'm trying to accomplish with this episode, um, and I have, as usual, very poorly written notes. Anybody who follows our podcast knows that I don't tell Mike anything Yeah. Um, because I like to have these conversations uh, fluid and, and natural and, and natural. Yeah. Okay. And I don't edit anything unless sensitive. Information. So I should have just looked at my notes. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I can edit that. <laughs> I but, I'm not used to having the camera. I'm like, Oh, I'll hurry and check this text. Oh, oh I'm it's on okay. camera. We, yeah. Generally we ignore the camera. Okay. Um, All right. But the camera just kind of gives that, I think another depth of reality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're just a couple of people just sitting here and enjoying Liquid Death, who's not a sponsor, but I would like to be sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah, you got me hooked on them, but I have Monster because the last time I tried to record a podcast, tired, it didn't work well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, you don't see that one, but um, yeah. So I, I don't tell Mike anything. I give him zero heads up whatsoever. I generally, usually, I don't even have this many notes written. All right, and uh, we just kind of go from it. But so my purpose here is, you know, there, there's a lot of, of negativity going around. Now. Mm -hmm. I, a yeah. perfect example, if I were to open up YouTube right now, you know, everything recommended to me and I don't watch half of these videos, but it's, oh, be afraid of this, yeah. be scared of that. Yep. You need to do this or mm -hmm. else this is happening right now. You know, um, there was a comedian. I remember when I was growing up, I forget who said it. It was a woman. But she was like, she did a perfect um, example of this where it was like, you're watching news at dinner and it's like, wait, at 11, it could be the most deadly thing in the world and you might be having it for dinner. And you're sitting there at five o'clock like, is it peas? Yeah. I hope, you yeah. know. Yes, exactly. Right. And it's, and things like that, I mean, most people call it fear porn or mm -hmm. fear mongering. Yes. Um, they're designed to get your attention mm -hmm. because fear sells. Yep. Um, it, they need the clicks, you know. Mm -hmm. So... I would like to try to help other people figure out a way to get away from that because ultimately, in my opinion, things that are designed to, to suck you in like that and, and fear tactics like that are just a, a very big distraction from how you can make tomorrow better than yesterday. And I really would just like to see a lot more people make tomorrow better than yesterday oh, yeah. because then I think society will start doing a little bit of a turnaround too. You know, one of the things that I, I often see with the... Uh 
the fear crowd mm -hmm. like you know do your own research but i've done it for you they always throw that in there like go ahead and look at this for yourself but you don't have to because i already have mm -hmm. uh that's one of those they're going to give you that little caveat that like hey you're you're smart i trust you to to look into this but you don't have to be as i already have or here and, better yet look right here i'll yeah, show it to you look look yeah. where i'm telling you look where i'm pointing right and um I think the number one way not to be afraid is to be filled with knowledge. Okay. So, yeah, when these things come up, do your own research. When they present a story to you, spend the five minutes and use Google. Mm -hmm. you, you know, search it out and see what other angles you can see this from. I. I held two MOSs and that's military, the, the job that I did in the army as a Green Beret. Uh, one was an 18 Bravo, which is a weapons sergeant. Okay. Absolutely love it. Just everything from pistols up to anti-aircraft guns. Loved that job. The other was, I was an Intel sergeant and uh, the 18 Fox. That sucked, Yeah. but I was really good at it. Okay. And uh, I did it for a long time. It kept me on the team, which is where I wanted to be as an, 18 Fox as that Intel sergeant, I really learned how to do analysis okay. and I hated it because it meant that I was stuck behind a computer reading things instead of out on the range shooting with my team. Still got to go on missions, still got to go take down bad guys, still as a shooter. But when we were back at the team house, they were out on the range training and I was clicking away at a keyboard mm -hmm. trying to get out on the range. Um, so I learned how to, to take something and say, okay, uh, CNN reported the story and they said all this. Well, I'm going to go look at that same story from Al Jazeera. And I'm going to go look at that same story from Sky News and Fox. And well, Sky and Fox are they're owned by the same people. Mm -hmm. Most of them are. They're all tied together. And I will try and find independent sources and I will understand the lens that each one of these organizations is looking at it from. And then somewhere in the middle is the truth. Mm -hmm. And then with my understanding and the way that I feel about things, that's where I start to read and feel, okay, this is what's really going on. And a lot of the fear is alleviated because all of those different elements, you know, CNN, they're, they're trying to convince you that um, we have to do this or the world's gonna end. Uh, Fox is trying to convince you that this, this organization's trying to make you think that this is gonna cause the world to end and all these different things. And it turns out, hey, you know what? Actually, this thing is kind of bad and we should be aware of it, but it's not going to kill us uh -huh. and we should look at a way to try and get away from it. Right. Okay, cool. You know, I, I learned something. Um, I think that we're too easily manipulated but just with our, our, you know, human nature of wanting to be hand-fed something easy right. and not uh, willing to put the effort into it. And when we don't put the effort into something, we are manipulated. So when I pull out my pocket computer 5000 and I'm sitting at lunch, you know, because I have some free time and I just pull up YouTube and I see all these headlines, I should maybe listen to one or two of these, but also I should probably. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's, there's nothing wrong with collecting an information. Mm -hmm. Understand that it's information, it's not intelligence. The difference is information is raw it's like uncooked chicken okay okay intelligence 
has been processed, it's been cooked, it's been looked at through a lens, now it's something palatable. Now it's something that you can actually gain nutrition out of. If you just eat the raw chicken. information, the raw chicken, you're gonna get sick. Right. You're gonna get poisoned. So you have to be able to process it. And how you get the processing effect is you have to do the work. That's where so many people, they just don't want to. They, they would rather listen to whatever talking head and say, oh, well, he cooked it for me. Well, bro, you're eating McDonald's. Right. You know, and everyone knows that if you eat nothing but McDonald's, it's not healthy for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, um, you're definitely going to take on a shape. So along with the talking head theory, um, I'm, I, I kind of, I can load these questions a little bit. I have taken your Intel class, at least your Intel level one class. Yep. Um, but so I think it's important to realize too, that I, I don't care what side of the political line you're on. Um, they're both pretty much lying to yeah. you. Like, the, the way that I look at it is I, w I would prefer someone tell me mm -hmm. and I, you know, like I am a hardcore conservator. I'm a super leftist. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right. Because now I know the way you're looking at the problem. Now I know your bias. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, you're, it's a classic, uh, you know, um, painting where you have one guy he's looking at and it's a square and the other guy from his perspective, it's a circle. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it's some weird odd. Yeah. shape thing you know it's a combination of it's the a two. combination yeah. of the two yeah um but if i understand where someone is looking at at a problem then i'm going to be able to better understand why they're seeing the things the way they are mm -hmm. and i think that that is very very important uh to be able to to do that right and i i honestly i, I do prefer you know when, when people do that one of my favorite sayings is remember left-wing and right wing they're still part of the same bird right okay you know and it's just trying to eat us all alive yeah and uh, because i think a lot of people i mean tighten my tinfoil hat a little bit here yeah, you know yeah. but but the media machine has done a very good job it's at polarizing our oh, society oh yeah yeah you know and a, a split a split people are easier to control correct because you can always get them focused on the them Yes, you can always, you know, oh, don't look at me doing this over here. Mm -hmm. look, look at him. Look, look at, what he's look at doing. them. Yeah. Look at them. Look yeah. what they're doing. Exactly. And the and danger I, of the they. Right. So you should, I guess what I'm trying to say is you should keep that in the back of your mind when you're looking at this information is, okay, historically, I know where this source stands on the side of the fence. Mm -hmm. Now, it might behoove me to go and find a source that's on the other side of the fence and read the, and try to read the same article because yes. everybody as covers, close as you can yes yeah, they all cover the same story yeah um it, it's not like i'm not suggesting obviously that you go out and read cnn talking about monster and fox news talking about the trees outside and compare the two you know yeah no it needs to be it needs to be the same story right and understanding that you're actually an intelligent person I, I truly believe that we, this planet right now is completely full of idiots. However, we are the smartest idiots that have ever existed. Correct. We're just really lazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we have so much more access to in information than any time prior. I, the, the mathematics that we are teaching our children right now, or should be teaching our children right now in school, vastly outweigh anything that was taught in universities. 100 200 years ago mm -hmm. 
this is common things being taught to common people in high school. Right. And that's because we can. Uh, we just are really, really lazy about it. And we are, you know, it's by nature, it's easy to be lazy and fall back to that default and let mm -hmm. someone else tell me what I need to think. Right. And I think you've been cheating and looking at my notes a little bit. No, actually, my <laughs> eyes are getting so bad that I can't read the print. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, yeah. <laughs> We're uh, doing. <laughs> um, well, going to the technology here, um, do you believe that there's a possibility that a lot of people may be overstimulated by technology? Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I, I find it very interesting that we do not disconnect. Right. Um, we, we are so closely wired and have to have a constant distraction. It's so rare for us to get out and just exist. Mm -hmm. um, I spend a, a fair amount of my time backpacking and doing land nav just as, as a hobby, as something to clear my head. Um, where I live in Pennsylvania, there is a, uh, a state park that has a land nav course that I unfortunately have memorized now. It's, uh, it's no longer work, so I, but it's still a good time. Mm -hmm. um, it amazes me, I'll be on the trail and I will see people with ear pods in. They are constantly bombarding themselves with media, even when they're in nature, even when they're out there, you know, they've, they've got all the Patagonia on and, you know, right. they're, they're enjoying nature with a soundtrack and selfies and selfies and, and yes. all of that. And it's, I have a family member who does that. Well, you know, it's, uh, we are so tied to distraction mm -hmm. that we seem to miss a lot and it's, it's sad. I agree with you. Um, and then just because, you know, if you, I'm a firm believer. If you point one finger, three are pointing back at you. Mm -hmm. You, you commented that here in my living room, I have two televisions. Yeah, this is, this well, is interesting. That, that, that's so I can play Xbox on one. Uh -huh. I can be watching a movie on another. Okay. And listening to a book uh, play in time. the background. Because, you know, I, I'll overwhelm myself with stimulus. Right. Now, until last night, the Xbox hadn't been turned on in, in weeks. Right. You I know, was going to say, a, so you, you get it all jam-packed in one yeah, session. I, I, the amount of time that I have to do it, I, I got I to gotta cram it all in. Right. Um, but we do, we do, there's nothing wrong with having distractions. No. You just have to do the distractions in a, a manner that it's not ruling your life. Mm -hmm. I, I see it so much where that becomes a priority, not a reward, not a... Uh, a break, not a, a relaxation, not an escape, but it becomes a priority. That's what the drive in life is mm -hmm. instead of living right. and, and doing things. Which is, I've actually, I've caught myself doing this more than once and it, it bothers me. It's a habit I'm trying to break. So, you know, we have a toddler. Oh yeah. Um, Keeps you up at night. Yeah, that he does. But, so he'll do something and it's phenomenal, you know, whatever he did, I don't know. He, uh, he threw his shoe at the dog. It was, it was wonderful. It was, you know, best throw in the world because it's my son. But I immediately, like, knee-jerk reaction, pull my phone out, start videotaping. And then I'm watching the moment unfold through the screen. Uh-huh. And I hate it. It, it. it it actually, it makes me mad when I become conscious of it. So I, um, I had not gone to a concert in 20 years. I went to one concert right before I joined. The, oh, I went to a bunch of concerts when I was a teenager and stuff. I went to one concert right before I joined the army. My 
girlfriend at the time who later became my wife got me kicked out of that concert. The entire time I was in the army, I did not go to a concert. I retire and my best friend drags me to a, uh, a concert in Philly and I am not wanting to go. I'm, I'm, I'm very against this. Mm -hmm. I can't carry a gun. I can't carry a knife. I've got to go through security. Now I'm, I'm a believer that, Hey, I am the weapon. Those are just preferred tools. And I, I believe that I shouldn't like, Oh, I can't do, I can't have this item. Then I can't live my life. You know, I know I have friends that won't go to Disneyland because Mm -hmm. if I can't have a gun, I'm not going to be there. Okay. You know, do you fly? No, I drive everywhere. Okay. (laughs) All right. You know, that, that's a little little too crazy yeah. for me. And know. I will not go here, here, or here because I have to go through these states. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I mean, you got to be able to live your life. Right. So I'm at this concert, and it turned out to be awesome. I mean, it was Man or Astro Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I have not. They're a, a punk band. Uh, they're from, like, Alabama or something. That's a combination. They, yeah, they are just, they're something different. Okay. Um, go ahead, pull them up on YouTube, Man or Astro Man. It. <laughs> It's interesting. Okay. I enjoyed it. I was really, in, and they're an older band. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's something that played when I was in high school back right. in the 90s, you know, um, and they were probably old then. Uh, it was enjoyable. But I'm watching all these people. I'm living in the moment. I'm present. And there's all these people looking through their phones. Yep. And it's like, yeah, I got it. You're going to have that for later, but you're missing the experience right now. So... I'd say four or five years ago, maybe even longer now, I went to a concert in, in Philly as well. I saw Lincoln Park in concert. And I was one of those people. I videotaped all of my favorite songs. Yeah. I don't have much of a memory of the concert, and I've never watched any of the videos. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I've tried, like more than once, I've pulled the video up and I like turn it on and I listen to it. And I'm like, this sounds like garbage. Yeah. I'm just going to look at the music video yeah. on yep. YouTube. It's already there for me. Why did... Mm-hmm. So I understand you want to have something to solidify that memory. Sure, a couple pictures can do that. I videotape. I could probably go back and look. I think I videotaped probably twenty minutes worth of that concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why? But um, so I don't know. How you, I, I'm sure you are. But are are you familiar with the the theory of the dopamine and everything? Oh yeah, yeah. The the chase and everything. And, yeah. Yeah. And, all the studies that they have um, done on the screens. You know, it, it's, I, I'm dating a woman right now that is very, very health conscious. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the first books that she gave me was a book on sleep because, well, my sleep is complete garbage. Right and, you. Uh, you know, there was a lot about that in the book really? about the hormone levels and, you know, the blue light and the chase that, that the, the device gives you. Mm-hmm. And, um, that of course sent me down a rabbit hole where I'm, I'm doing other research and uh, I do research. That, that's something, if I get into that rabbit hole, I'll, that's what I'll obsess about. And it, one of the things I found out was I'm getting a dopamine hit. Every time I find a new thing, I'm finding something. And as that hunter gra- gather that primitive brain, it's getting excited and it, it, it's giving me that reward. And it was, kind of shocking and i was like oh all right uh, yes yes and, you know, going back to the beginning where we we're talking about the fear mongers and things like that we get that dopamine hit that's the rabbit hole I we, okay yeah when we have the um when we have those people and when like i i'm already feeling a certain way like 
uh, you know, I, I see that the one world government is a problem and suddenly I have these other people telling me the same thing. Well, it's confirmation yep. of my own feelings and I feel good. Yes. And I, I, I want to support and I want to share that. And I will not pay attention to the fact that they're also saying other things. Yep. Because you you want that confirmation. Because bias. yes, I want I want to be in the club. Right, and I've I went down that that research hole very deeply, and like I mean, some of the things that I read are okay. So what are the the colors that you're naturally drawn to that will actually trigger an emotional response? Red and white. Yeah. If you look at majority of the thumbnails of these scary videos, that their their point of title is written out really big in red and white letters. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence on all of them. I really don't, because. I have made YouTube videos. I've made thumbnails. There's other color options. You don't just have to pick red or white. <laughs> like there's yeah. tons. You know, I mean, the, the little YouTube logo. It's red and white. Right. Yeah. I actually didn't put that together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Intel. Um, so, what what do you think somebody can do to try and break that the the dopamine obsession, the dopamine addiction? Um, I've got an idea, but I'm very curious to so what you think. The, the number one thing that will help everyone is you have to be disciplined. Uh -huh. And it, do, it doesn't matter what, what we're talking about. Uh, you have to set a rule and you have to adhere to that rule. Um, so I recently, you know, not to take it in, in a dark turn, but uh, in 2021, my wife passed away. Uh, we were married for uh, 20 years. Um, it was a sudden thing. Uh, we were not prepared at all for it emotionally, especially. Um, I have a great community that came through and, and helped out my family and brought us through it. And throughout the rest of 2021 and into 2022, um, yeah, I'm a strong man. I'm, I've been prepared mentally for the suck, like make it miserable. I'm, I'm better at that. I function in misery and I thought I was doing good. And then, uh, in July, August, I got into a depression. Like I have never been in before. Like I, I have understood the concept of depression. Uh -huh. Like I've been sad, right. you know, I've lost good friends. You know, I've, I've had the, the normal things, but I mean, this was that, like I experienced not getting out of bed, uh -huh. which I never, never even understood before. And the thing that got me out of it was I'm a big believer in exercise. Um, I do really enjoy to work out. So I would work out during this year when I was angry. And I mean, I would, I had some great workouts when I was angry, man. Sure. It, was like, it was like, it was, it yeah. was, it was a great motivator. But when the motivation wasn't there, I wasn't working out and I was suffering because I wasn't working out. So what clicked for me was the rowing machine doesn't care how I feel. Mm. The rowing machine just needs to row. Right. And I made a promise to myself that I was going to row. I was, I said, it. I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to row. So I can lay here in bed and scroll through YouTube and Instagram and, and go down the rabbit holes and, and get that feeding that is somewhat sustaining me. It's, it's giving me some positive vibes or I can hold myself accountable to the promise that I made to myself yesterday and I can be disciplined and I can get up and get on that rowing machine. And as I'm laying there and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, 
what separates me as a Green Beret from a regular soldier? Discipline. And you, I mean, I know there are disciplined soldiers out there, but a Green Beret, you, you have more. Mm-hmm. You, you're capable of doing more. You know, the regular infantryman, he does a, a, a superior job at a, at a horrible, you know, rough thing. The Green Beret, he goes past it. And so I was like, I'm disciplined. I'm going to go row. And I did. And the next day I got up and I did. And the next day I did, I got up and I rode. What I wanted to do, what I was motivated to do, what the, the dopamine was telling me to do was lay in bed and scroll. Uh-huh. Because that was giving me, that was feeding me. But that wasn't changing me. So the discipline, not doing what I wanted, not doing what I was motivated to do, was to work out. And then, you know, I I find myself, uh, that was, I would say, mid-August, where I started that, September. I got really heavy into it. And now I am six days a week. I'm doing workouts. Um, I wake up between 4.30 and 5 every morning, whether I want to or not. Uh I mean, there are days that I go to bed, like tonight, I will probably go to bed about midnight. And when my alarm goes off at 4.30, I'm going to get my butt out of bed and I'm going to work out. I'm going to text you a high five. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's, it's not because I want to. Uh Man, I'll tell you, tomorrow morning at 4.30, I want to be in that warm bed. Yes. That is, and I want to scroll. Uh I'm not going to have the same high from working out until afterwards. And so it's that for me, it's a discipline. And I don't care. I mean, for me, it's, I'm, I'm using the working out Uh for you guys out there. It could be anything. Um, It's setting that standard and holding yourself accountable to it. And, you need to find a way to hold yourself. It needs to be that individual. You will have greater satisfaction from that. I can hold people accountable. You know, I'm a father. I have four daughters. I hold them accountable, but then they don't grow. So I've always thought of training and teaching them to hold themselves to a standard. Then they will be able to grow. Then they will be able to achieve things. And I see it with my two oldest daughters where I no longer have to, um, I'm more here as an advice counsel. Uh, I make the joke that we're roommates. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm yes, I'm their father, but I don't need to tell them yes or no. Right. I just need to be a sounding board because they're already making those good decisions. Half the time they make better decisions than I do because <laughs> they have spent their entire lives holding themselves accountable. And where I, you know, the last 25 years have done it, but prior to that, when I was a teenager, you know, I didn't hold myself accountable. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really it is setting those standards for yourself and being disciplined about it. That is going to get you past so many of these problems. So, um, I, I, (laughs) the thing I have written down is that most people are lacking a challenge for themselves. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think something that, from your example, just of, of forcing yourself out of bed at 4.30, mm-hmm. you're doing that to better yourself because you want to go up and, or you want to get up and work out. Yeah. Because that's what's going to make you feel better. That's what you know you have to do. Well, that's, I think, 
a life skill that you, you're building there, or you've already built it, but somebody could be building. Like, I have to force myself out of bed 4.30 every morning and go to work. Mm-hmm. No one's holding a gun to my head to do this. I'm just not going to have a job very long. Yeah. You know, but while I'm laying in bed with my phone as my alarm clock mm-hmm. going off, I could easily just grab my phone and scroll. Yeah. And deal with the repercussions and, later. And people do that all the time. Right. People fall into that trap and they don't go to work. Mm-hmm. It, it is amazing. You know, as an instructor, I get all kinds of walks of life. I, a lot of entrepreneurs are taking my classes. Mm-hmm. These men that have grown businesses and one of the like reoccurring, and I don't care what industry or what it's this, I can't get people to stay employed. Like mm-hmm. I can't keep people working That's a, because they fall into it. They fall into that trap. I don't know if you would call it an epidemic, but that's definitely something sweeping the country right yes. now. And, and that this, our podcast is heavily based around entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and every single person we've ever had on every single person that we know in business that we've talked to before, they all say the same thing. I can't get people to come to work. How do, how do you get somebody to come to work if, if money doesn't motivate them? And we've had some guests on here that we've talked to previously. They're paying a very, very good wage yeah. to do the job um, that they're trying to do. Sorry, I'm... Uh, no, you're good. My beard keeps sitting this, and I'm like, I'm making a horrible noise for everyone, now I'm making it worse. Well, I, see, I, I can turn it okay, off for a yeah. second there until you're ready. Like, um, you can put it down pretty low. It'll still pick up. Good. I'm, gonna, I'm going to do that. Okay. So I'm like, That's why I wear the, the flannel <laughs> for this, because you can just put it down on the flat. There. We'll put it there. See, now I can hear you. Okay, good. Um, but, like, that's that's something that comes up a lot. So, Lodestone Training and Consulting. Consulting is the other part of our mm-hmm. business that we do. Uh, a lot of times we come in and it's just security. Like, hey, you should put some cameras here. And, hey, do you see how easy it was for me to get into that door? Uh, you could do this, you know, to make your security better. But we do a lot of that um, leadership you know, we have a lot of experience training and motivating people to do things literally that are putting their lives on their line. Right. You know, I, like I have trained foreign forces to go and do things that are dangerous for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll do leadership training. One of the biggest things that I will say to anyone out there, money is not a motivator anymore because it it's almost, I mean... There, we live in such a, a wealthy society that comparatively you can be like, well, I don't have three Teslas, you know, I'm not Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. uh, but you know what? I do have two cars, yep. you know? Um, so money isn't the same motivator that it used to be. Mm-hmm. And there are so many fail safes that, that catch people up and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right. of, of that, but I'm going to say this. If you give someone a sense of purpose, a, a true, they believe that what they are doing has value. They then themselves feel valued. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you do that when, you know, your company is, uh, you know, um, a septic tank, uh, you know, repair? Well, I don't know, you know, that, mm-hmm. 
there are ways. You know, you right. got to show them that how how vital that is to society and maintaining society. Well, I can tell you firsthand that if your septic tank fails, you'll learn really quickly how valuable that <laughs> oh, job is. Oh, yes, yes. But you know. what what I'm saying is, how do you how do you get your employee, the right. guy that's driving the truck, that's actually you know running the pumps? How do you get that guy, other than you know financial thing, to understand his value mm -hmm. in society? Right. And this is one of those areas where, as a as a green beret i understand my value like it's actually one of the things that we do on the team is try and make sure that your head never gets too big like you suck man mm -hmm. like you think you're good but you're not you know you're surrounded by good guys all the time you get out in society and it's like oh you're a green beret i'm like yeah I, I am but i knew like 30 guys that were better than me you mm -hmm. know and i don't like to think about the fact that where I, I rank as, as far as all, all the people and everything like that, um, because that keeps me motivated to always push forward and, and try and be better. Uh, but you have to find a way of giving people that sense of purpose mm -hmm. in whatever it is and empowering people and showing them that they are an asset. Then they have that sense of pride. They're going to get out of bed. Right. They're going to come to work because they realize that hey, if I don't go to work today, this won't be accomplished. You know, it's, it's really easy for, uh, you know, people that are in the, um, uh, security industries, you know, and when I say that, I mean, like throwing doctors and, you mm -hmm. know, uh, first responders and things like that. If I don't go to work today, someone's going to die. Right. You know, that's a pretty powerful motivator. It's a good reason yeah. to get out of bed. Maybe. Um, the challenge is when you have that office worker that your job is entering Excel spreadsheets. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. How do I take that person that, you know, well, what are these spreadsheets about? Are they launch codes? It, yeah, so th that's, that's where it is that yeah. you have to be able to find that value. Mm -hmm. And what is that value that, that you're bringing? And if it's something that isn't, it is completely mundane, but it still needs to be done. Then you work on some other culture. You, you work on an office culture that, you know, it is just, yeah, you're doing the most mundane, miserable job, but we have a lot of fun here, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of this weird thing that like a lot of the tech industry has done. Um, they have made it where, uh, like my, I have a nephew that he works for DreamWorks. Okay. And he is, like you think DreamWorks, he's not a cartoonist. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he works in like, crunching numbers and stuff. You know I mean? It's, it's a mundane job. There's nothing exciting about it, but they'd realize that they realize that it's so mundane that they throw all these extra perks in. They could pay him another $20,000 a year, but instead he has an app on his phone that he gets to order his breakfast. And when he shows up to work that morning, it's already at his desk. They provide his, his meals. Two, two meals a day. And so like it's uh, for him, he wants to get to work early because his food's getting cold. And I know what I have there. Yeah. His food is literally getting cold yeah. if he's not there. So that's a silly little thing. No, that's genius. But it works. Yeah. It really works. It gets people in those seats. That would absolutely get me And they work. feel value. They yeah. feel value in it. Yeah. You know, um, I went with my girlfriend to her Christmas party. Okay. And they went all out on that Christmas party. I mean, it was an open bar and I mean, it was, it was a nice restaurant. The food was phenomenal. 
Um, the employers, the owners of the company were there and they were thanking people and they gave rewards. And I mean, it was silly. Like as an outsider, you know, I'm saying like, oh, you got an award. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, yay. Uh, yeah. You know, let me tell you about some of the awards I got once, you know, mm -hmm. but to those people that were being recognized, man, they're going to break their backs this year because they felt valued mm -hmm. in their, in their job. And they felt that hey, if I don't go, the company's not going to be as successful. I'm an integral part in this. So uh, one philosophy that I have, I don't know where I got it from. I read it somewhere. I didn't come up with it on my own comment section um, <laughs> but is that you should never compare your problems to somebody else's because so so the worst thing going on in my life right now may not hold a candle to the worst thing going on in your life but that doesn't discredit the fact that it's the worst thing going on in my life and i think it's important to be cognizant of that with other people i guess that's doing it the other way around is, you know, what, what might not be the biggest deal in terms of the entire business? Well, it's a big deal in Johnny's life because it's an accomplishment for Johnny and it's important to recognize and reward that. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, I remember I was a young 18 Bravo. I had been in group. This is my first deployment in group. And, uh, I, my, my award got put, sent up and I had done some things and, uh, it got kicked back down and it was downgraded and it was supposed to be a bronze star and it was downgraded to an army, uh, ARCOM, army combination medal, which is the, you know, that's what you get for PCSing, moving to a different unit, you know, okay. and the Sergeant major put on a sticky note, a little yellow sticky note. And I used to have this 18 Bravo did what 18 Bravo should do. And I remember oh. that like my, well, see, I remember that my leadership, right? like my team leader and my team start, they're all upset about that. They're like, oh, but they're, oh, you know, and they're, they're grumpy. And I took that little yellow sticky note. I kept that thing for a really long time because it reminded me that I was just doing what I was supposed to be doing. Now, someone else doing that same exact thing, that would have been a heroic act. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's a Tuesday. Right. Why should I be rewarded for a Tuesday? Right. But someone else should doing what be. I do is so, so far out of the ordinary for them that it should be recognized. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where like kind of that empathy comes in, where we look at someone else's problem that may be so small to us. You know, uh, I give an example. I have a private class that I was teaching and one of the guys, and this is, this is literally like, um, maybe six months after I lost my wife, he's telling me about how depressed he is and that he's borderline suicidal because his dog just died. And you know, there, there's this moment where I'm like, bro, are you, you're really, you're, you're, you're sad about a dog, mm -hmm. like your dog, you know, my wife of 20 years, you know, mm -hmm. and it was, I had to stop. Okay, to this man who has nothing, yep. that dog was everything. I still have my daughters. I still have my career. I still have my support group. I still have my friends. I still have my family. It doesn't compare. Mm -hmm. His tragedy 
you know, it's like going to the gym and looking at the guy that's just barely will push up the bar, you know, but for him, that is the greatest struggle in the world. You know, right. um, we have that empathy and we look at those people and be like, okay, how can I help them? How can I help them become stronger? Mm-hmm. How can I be encouraging? Like, Hey man, you're doing really good with that. I here, try and fix your form like this and let's put some fives on there. Help let's me. build you up. Okay. Yeah. And when that individual looks back at us and sees us putting up, you know, 225 and just doing reps with it, it's like, oh, I, you know, but no, 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 look, you can't compare yourself to other people in the gym. You're never going to grow that way. You have to see where you're at and set your goals and push for those goals. And then as the people in the circle, we have to help those people reach those goals. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm a big believer in uh, understanding the greater tribe. And, you know, having the friends and the support network and building out. I, I'm, I once heard in a church talk, lift where you stand. Okay. You know, we can sit here and we can argue about what's the best place to stand on the piano. Like, put all the tall guys on the end here. Put all the strong guys here. And we're going to ever move the piano. But if we just lift where we stand, if we just put our hands on the piano and everyone lifts, we're going to start moving the piano. Mm-hmm. So as that tribe, you know, as that group of people, let's just start doing something. And then if corrections have to be made, if things have to be adjusted, you adjust as, as needed, you know? So almost get the ball rolling rather than talk about how you're going to move the ball. Yeah. Um, I had to laugh through that, through that conversation, not at what you were saying, because my mind went right back to the, you are a disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we did an exercise. I don't know if you've told them about the exercise. I, have, I don't think I have. Okay. So the, the first thing Jason does with me, the first actual class he does, yes. um, I drop him in the woods and he's going to be in the woods by himself for 24 hours. This is the second time I've ever met you. <clears throat> yes. And yes. I've been, I have been, oh God, I don't even know how to describe the buildup that I've had to this class because I drove the four hours to the location, actually five and a half hours to the location with Dan. Yeah. Who is not looking forward to this event. <laughs> and he is just telling me what to expect. And I'm like, great. Chris is going to drop me off and it's going to be a cliffside on every side of me. And it's going to be like, good luck. Bye. Well, you know? Dropped you off by yourself. Yep. Uh, you had 24 hours to, to survive and evade because we had active people out there looking for you. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had a link up with a buddy. And then you had to, uh, once you, you another 24 hours, and then you had to do the third day link up with the whole group and you had to go secure your location. Right. Um, the whole time I was driving around with my forerunner and I had a speaker playing propaganda. Um, and one of the best was <laughs> I just said over and over and over, you are a disappointment. You are a disappointment. And I, you know, it was, it was meant to get to people and it did. And some a very key point of this story that you're leaving out, and I don't know if you're doing this on purpose or, or not. Or, or maybe, I just forgot it. Or maybe you didn't realize it because you weren't in my shoes. So you dropped... Everybody who took this class got dropped off. It wasn't just me, obviously. So you dropped us all off. Before that, our phones were taken from us. Yes. We had no technology. We were allowed our watches. Yep. Um, we had no technology on us. We had a radio on us that everybody else in the class and in the cadre had. We were only allowed to have that on at two points during the day. Yeah. So you are 
dropped and you are by yourself. Yep. And for an average person like me going from my phone rings off the hook every day on a just regular basis from work alone, let alone if I need to talk to somebody or I don't need to talk to somebody, but I do talk to somebody mm -hmm. like that right there is a lot. So then when you are in the woods and it was pouring rain <laughs> and I do, and I remember your speech in the beginning very well, I will never forget this. It was, you know, there's a lot of places in the world right now going through a drought and they don't have water. People are, are very thirsty. They're going to die. But we, Lodestone, got you guys torrential downpours. You're welcome. And then off we went. Yeah. But so I'm sitting there or laying there, pitch black all around me. I know that I am actively being hunted, which apparently wasn't as bad as Dan led me to believe. <laughs> so I'm like panicking. And all I hear in the distance is the creaking forerunner telling me I'm a disappointment. That really gets to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when you're just sitting there like, oh, am I? Well, it, it, it goes back to we are so bombarded. Like we are never alone. No. And and it, that's that's a weird thing because there are so many people that are so alone right now, but they are not. They are surrounded by stuff. And until you experience what that true isolation is, you really don't realize how alone you are. In the uh, Special Forces Assessment and Selection course, um, SS, SFAS, um, they do something called the STAR course. It's a long land, land navigation course. And part of the whole concept is that they want to see if you're trainable. They give you every every piece of information that you need to know about land nav. You don't need to know land nav to go to selection. It helps a lot. I, I've known land nav since I was a Boy Scout. I do it for fun, so it helped a lot. But there are guys that literally don't know anything that pass because they are taught everything they need to know. The other thing that they're looking for is they want to see what you do when you're alone, when you are absolutely isolated. And they start you off on a very, very dark night. They'd plan selection around the moon cycle and they'll start you off in the pitch and you can't use a flashlight. If you're caught using a flashlight, you're kicked out. And it really shockingly weeds so many people out just because they cannot stand to be alone. I, I have people ask all the time, like, how do I prepare for selection? It's one of the things that we get, mm -hmm. you know, I'll get hit up on Instagram. Um, hey, I'm, I'm going to selection. You know, what, what's the best thing I should do? Put a rucksack on, wear the rucksack eight hours a day. You know, put 85 pounds in it, go mow the lawn, do the dishes, do the laundry, walk them down the stairs. Don't bother going and rucking or anything like, don't put your headphones in and walk down the, the side of the road. All that's garbage. Put the weight on, keep it on. The other thing, learn what it's like to be alone. Learn what it's like to only count on yourself. If you can count on yourself, then others can count on you. And then when you start doing the team week stuff and realize that you are just a cog in the wheel, and no one is going to have to depend on, um, no one's going to have to carry me. They can all depend on me because I can depend on myself. You're going to get selected. That, that's going to be an, an easy day for you. Mm -hmm. um, as, as a regular person, going through that class was an experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't thank you guys enough for that class. It, it taught me a lot about myself. Um, but I think it goes back, you know, I have challenges in my life, whether they're financial, marital, or work, whatever. Never something like that. Never something that every challenge that I faced in that, because I had actually got pulled out on medical and destroyed yep. my knee. 
but I was in it for 53 hours or something. So every bit of that 53 hours, the challenge in front of me, I was able to overcome with nothing more than what was either in my pack yep. or my own two hands. Yep. And that, I don't want to say it was life-changing, but it was very close because it's just, it's, I hadn't done that in a very long time. Um, and I think... Well, you, you mentioned it, you, you know, um, doing hard things. Mm -hmm. That is a great, you know, I can sit here and say, set a goal, like get up at 430. That works for me. That works for you, mm -hmm. you know, and we have it for different reasons. Um, but setting something like I'm turning 45 this year. So I have set a, a physical fitness goal for my 45th birthday. Uh, and I'm actively training to meet that goal because that's going to be cool. Um, other people, it could be something, and it's a hard goal. It's, and it's not a, like, I can achieve this easily. Like mm -hmm. I've done this before. It's a, there is a likelihood I'm going to fail. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to accept that failure. I'm going to do everything I can to get to that point because I want to pass that goal. Um, other people, you know, it could be something like I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to do a Spartan race. I do definitely recommend that whatever your goal you set, set it on that, that edge of impossibility, but not impossible. That was a question. I yeah. Was, I so was ready it's, to ask you. if you are right now sitting on the couch and you have sat on the couch for the last five years and you're, you know, 50 pounds overweight, a marathon's probably not the goal you want to set this year. Mm -hmm. Um, a 5k, a 10k. You know, a 5K, doable. Anyone can do a 5K. Say you're going to do a 10K and then start training for it. Um, pick something that is hard. And I'm saying that it's, it's right on that cusp of impossibility. You should have a little bit of a doubt in your mind. Yes. And then yeah. you, what you're going to do is you're going to, so my birthday is coming up in the spring. I'm going to be training and, you know, I've, I've sought out experts and, uh, my girlfriend happens to be a. Oh, um, that's not fair. You're dating an expert. Yeah, she she's a, a, a strength and conditioning coach. So I'm like, mm -hmm. hey, this is what this is the date. This is where I need to be. <laughs> yeah. And she's built a whole program for me, and she knows that I travel. So like next week I'll be in Shot Show. So right. she's on online like looking at gyms in Vegas for me to have a place to go lift. <laughs> that's and, so not fair. You know, it, it's it, yeah, it's a tribe, right? We yes. we have our people that that help us out. Um, so set that challenge for yourself, and then something that I learned from my 17 year old daughter, one of the best things that you can do when you set that challenge is let everyone know about it because yeah, I'm going to hold myself accountable, but all these other people are now counting on you and they're going to hold you even more. Accountable. Yeah, so she did our, our light fighter mm -hmm. this year and she was not ready for it as her father, as a man who has, has trained people. What is the light fighter? The light fighter challenge is a, it starts off with, you have to get to work. Uh, you do an eight mile road march with a 35 pound rucksack. Now that sounds pretty easy. When you say road march, you're lying. It is actually a, a back country hill climb, uh, with quite the, uh, the terrain. Do you know the elevation changes? Oh, I think it was like 200 feet or something like that. 1300. <laughs> you know how I know that? Log the whole thing on my That's watch. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, so you do that and a lot of people will just think that that is the hardest thing that they're going to do. And then there are eight more events. There is shooting. There's ax throwing. There is fire starting. There is land navigation. 
Uh, there's medical. There's all these other things that you have to do after you're smoked. Um, so my daughter was challenged by one of her friends to do it. And so they did it together. And as I'm training her, I'm busy and I don't have time to get her really ready. So I kind of was like, Hey, wear your rucksack, wear it a lot. And I took her hiking as many times as I could. And I was like, she's, I know this course, she's not ready, but I'm not going to take this opportunity away from her. I'm not going to tell her not to do it. So I advised her. I said, Hey, you know, I don't know if you're ready for this. And she said, well, I've told all these people that I'm going to do this. So I have to do this. I am being held accountable. I gave her the, the out. I gave her the, Hey, as your dad, I don't recommend this mm -hmm. as a trainer. I don't recommend this. And she said, no, I've set a goal. I'm going to do hard things. And so I was terrified. I was terrified that she was going to fail and how, what that was going to do to her. She didn't, she That's succeeded. Mm -hmm. She finished. Um, she actually placed, uh, not in the like top 10, but she, she did very, very well. She actually beat out some people that, um, that should have done better than her, but, uh, for whatever reason, they, they, they failed at some of the tasks that she knew how to do. Um, and the confidence that that's given her has been huge because she set a hard and in my opinion, an impossible goal and achieved it. That was a very difficult exercise. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it was easy for a lot of people, but that was difficult. Um, and we, me and my group of friends did a lot to try and get ready for it. Yeah. None of it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, I'm excited for this year. I, I'm already, I'm not, <laughs> I'm already starting. Um, I, I'm terrified. I'm, I'm trying to find a new tunnel. Great. I might have a lead on that. Um, so would you say that along with setting goals and challenges that the, the sense of accomplishment becomes recognizable and that that's something that uh, I guess it would be used as a motivator, if not a dopamine substitute? Yes. So you, in this society where everyone gets a ribbon, mm -hmm. the ribbon means any, means nothing, right? Right. Um, so we have to find things that are recognized that go beyond the the mediocrity, right? Mm -hmm. um, so at the light fighter, there was the light fighter tab, yep. and then there was the Pennsylvania light fighter tab, which was top 10, which was the top 10. Mm -hmm. So everyone that participated got something for, for pushing themselves and doing that. But the people that got the other, that means more to them. I'm very jealous. And that is a burning yeah. desire. Now. And, and so we have to have those, those actual true rewards. Um, something, if I can interject that I, I really, I have a lot of respect for LTAC as a company, because if you did not finish, you didn't get a yeah. tab. Yeah. There was no participation yes. trophy. And this was designed to be a hard thing. Mm -hmm. And there should not be, a participation. I don't, in my opinion, there shouldn't be, and I would be completely okay if I didn't get one. Yeah. You know, it, it's, finish. it's one of those things like, um, yeah, you can get the t-shirt because you showed up. Uh, but you don't get the recognition of being the light fighter unless you're the light fighter. Right. You know, unless you have done everything that, that is required. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those, we're so worried about hurting people's feelings that we're actually doing so much damage yes. to people because no one is then truly being praised, mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, I was in the grocery store. This was like two years ago. We had just moved to Pennsylvania and we ran into this woman uh, who we went to church with and she's talking to my wife and she had her little boy with her. And um, she's like, yeah, I had to get little Timmy from, from school because, you know, he's being bullied. And this kid's like, his countenance just falls. Like he's just so embarrassed, right? And um, I immediately, I saw this, this, this boy melt in front of me and I was like, oh man, that is awesome, bro. That is awesome. And he, he like, kind of looks at me like, what are you talking about? I was like, being bullied is one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because I was a skinny, scrawny, short little kid. Like my little brother uh, from the time I was 12 to I was 16 was taller than I was. When I turned 16, I went from being 5'6 to 6'2 in like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, crazy. Just, That's a gross spurt. Yeah, it was a crazy <laughs> gross spurt. Uh, it, was, it was really painful. I was a long distance runner, so I was always really thin. Uh, when I joined the army, I was 135 pounds. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 210 right now. Yeah. Um, but I was always small. Even when I became tall, I was still really small. Mm -hmm. And so I was bullied, I was picked on, I had all those things, but that became fuel. It became a motivation to accomplish something, to be something, do something. And I have come back to that fuel tank so many times in my life where you know I'm struggling to accomplish this thing and I can look in the back of my mind and see where someone told me I couldn't, where I could see where someone said that I was weak. And then, you know, suddenly I'm pushing that weight up. I'm like, oh no, I'm not weak. Mm -hmm. I'm a beast. Yeah. I am a savage. I'm going to destroy. And, you know, I, I have the fortune of now, you know, I, I'm 44 and uh, I'm not, I'm on social media on uh, Instagram because of work, because yeah. of uh, Lodestone. Because forced. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it's an advertisement. It's a billboard. Right. My mother is on Facebook and all that stuff. And the number one like uh, bully that I had growing up, um, his name was Jason. Uh, <laughs> Great. He. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. He is the night watchman at a retirement home, and this guy has never been married, has no children has never accomplished anything with his life. He's doing wonderful. Man. His whole ambition in life, he sets a, a Facebook um, like uh, survey every night, what movies should I watch tonight at work? And that is his social interaction, is people vote and interact and correspond with this guy on what movie he should watch. That's sad for two reasons. One for the fact that it is. And that people participate in this. Yes, yeah. Exactly. So it was one of those things where my mother was like, oh, isn't this great? You know, like you're a Green Beret, you know, you have beautiful family, you've, you've done all these accomplishments and this guy is so sad. And it, there was a moment where I was like, yeah. And then I was like, hey, you know, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Like it. If anything, kind of feel bad for him. I don't even, I have no feelings for him, yeah. but I still use the fuel. I still use when he dragged me around by my tie mm -hmm. at church when I was like 13 years old. Hmm. I still remember that feeling. So when I find myself feeling weak and needing to be strong and needing to have something to remind me why I need to be strong, man, suddenly I've got Jason's face in my, in my, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. He's pulling on my red tie and man, it's, it's better than any pre-workout. Mm, I'm doing this savage. Now, do you also think that that 
knowing that you can pull a memory and overcome a challenge, does that benefit you, I guess, to kind of circle back when... God, I just said circle back. <laughs> okay, Jen. Thanks. To revisit what we were originally talking about, um, being knowing that you can pull on an emotion to give yourself that push that you need, does that give you confidence, I guess, when you're facing adversity? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and the other the other side of that coin is all the successes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a, a saying on the team: you're you're only as good as your last uh, screw up. Uh, you can you can succeed all these times, but you know, you put jumpers out on a red light one time. Yeah, you're 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 off the team. You know, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's probably that, a big deal. That, that's one for for light, Chris. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's a that's a dig at him. Oh, um, so. Yes, you you need to be able to still be look at look at those things that that act as fuel. But you also need, hey, I have succeeded before. Like I've been in gunfights before and I survived, so I'm going to survive this one. Mm-hmm. Statistically, you know, the, the odds are in my favor. You know, um, that I will make it up this hill. Right. Like it sucks right now, but I've made it up here before. I will be able to push this weight up because have, I've done it before. Have you ever been in the middle of something that sucks and been like? Well, this is nothing compared to. Oh yeah, yeah, and like, or being reminded, you know, man, this is really painful. Oh, this really hurts, and that's when either a memory comes into my mind of when no, I was actually in pain, Mm -hmm. or when I experienced something that was truly tragic. You know, and it's I I give the example, um, like most people, I I can be a little aggressive driver, you know, Um, and I had a. uh, Little BMW who I'm passing a truck. Now I'm doing 83 miles an hour. I'm passing a truck and this guy's right on me. So I get over and he gets in front of me and then he pulls into my lane and I have to pass him again. And he leapfrogs me again. And now it's game one. Now, now it's, yeah, now, now it's, it's like, I am going to follow behind you. I have a light bar on the forerunner. So I got the light bar on and I'm staying where it's just right in his rearview mirror. And I've passed my exit <laughs> and I realized I'm doing like 90 some miles an hour. And I'm like, what am I going to do when I catch this guy? Like, you know, I, I need, I need to ratchet this back. You How know? am I going to explain this yeah. when I get pulled over? Yeah. I, I need to, I need to, I need to control, I need to control yeah. my anger. You know, that's, uh, that's when the kids say hashtag worth it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that we have to recognize. Yeah. I'm having these, this emotional response right now. Like this guy is really pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Like this guy dared to, you know, leapfrog with me, but what does it matter? Yeah. You know, I've been in real tragedies. Like I've been in, I've been in gunfights where my life really was on the line. This jerk who can't drive and maintain speeds, it's not really upsetting me. Right. You know, um, I drive a lot uh, right now uh, going out to Pittsburgh and I guess people just get really bored on the turnpike and they want to play that leapfrog game. And Part of it is I'm an aggressive animal. And so it's like the animal inside went, oh yeah, I'll, I'll play this game. Mm-hmm. But then I have to think, okay, what, what's really going on here? What emotions are, am I really experiencing it? And this is not a life and death thing. This is not a challenge. They think it's a challenge. They think this is the greatest challenge ever. But to me, this is just an annoying thing. Right. There's a flip side of that too. Do they think it's a challenge? I've been that guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm late, speeding. And then, wait, was that a cop? 
better pull over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I wouldn't keep doing it, but yeah, I've definitely yeah. been in that situation. Um, and then uh, oh, I lost the thought. Dang. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good at doing that, you know, come back. confusing people. Yeah. <laughs> Create feelings that people don't even understand. Yeah. Something. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's, I will not say circle back, but to reiterate, it's important to, to, to do difficult things so that you can yeah. even gauge your own levels. You, you, have to, you have to set those impossible challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be, again, within reason. Uh, I'm going to give up sugar. Okay, that's going to be an extreme thing to do. I'm going to give up putting sugar in things. Okay, I'm not going to, I'm going to actively avoid processed foods. That's more realistic than I'm going to start looking at labels on everything. You know, um, it, it's the new year. So we've got all these people that are setting all these goals and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And right now what they're facing, they are so motivated. Right now you're experiencing this rush of motivation. In March, that motivation doesn't exist anymore. Yep. So what's going to carry you through is the discipline. So you, in March, you're going to be motivated to drink that monster. I gave a monster last January. It, it has been a, almost a year, almost a year. And Sorry. no, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't even have an effect anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those, it was a comfort monster. Right. Green monster was a comfort for me. It wasn't the caffeine. I could drink one of the large ones, pound that thing down and go to sleep. So I, I've been there. Yeah. I used to take a pot of coffee to get me going in the morning. Yeah. It, it was just a, it was, it was a comfort thing. Right. It was, that's what I always had. Um, I found myself in a stressful situation, uh, last summer. And, uh, the first thing that I wanted was a monster, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was very funny. Jared actually brought out a monster. He had emptied out and poured a Dr. Pepper in it. Um, so he oh, gave it to me and I drank, I, I took a sip and I was like, He's like, ah, I didn't let you down, did I? You know, <laughs> because my tribe came in yeah. and they helped me with that problem. You know, they, they got me through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we, we are weak and we have to have those friends to, to help us. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Uh, you know, we have to understand that we are social creatures and sometimes we have to depend on the greater tribe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need that external and that's uh, nothing to be ashamed no, about. No, no, it, it, it isn't. And it's one of those things that it's actually, there's more power to be able to accept your weakness and convey that to your your people. And if your people are truly your people, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find out with a quickness who your people are and who your people aren't. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, you know, there is the fair weather friend and there's the guy that it is pouring down rain and I've got to drive... 10 hours. Okay, buddy. I'll see you in, you know, nine and a half hours. I've been that friend. You are that friend. You are that friend. You know, it's done that. uh, And that, that shows you a lot about your people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it also shows a lot about yourself. Uh, If you are that person and you have those people in your life, it's the rice crispy theory. Eat a bowl of rice krispies and like, you're down to like the last two or three, you know, spoonfuls. Mm-hmm. They all cling together in these little clusters, right? Okay. That's how humans are. My buddy, uh, uh, Sergeant Nicely had this, uh, this thing, the Rice Krispie theory. He's like, 
the dirtbags stick with dirtbags and the good people stick with the good people. You can yeah. automatically know if a guy, you can vet a guy the moment he tells you who he associates with. So when you meet a guy and he starts name, name, naming the people that he associates with and you're like, huh, I don't like any one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know you're not going to like that guy because those are his friends. Right. And I have, in my life, I have very, very rarely experienced the Rice Krispie theory where someone associates with, how do I keep this politically correct? Um, undesirable people, you know, people that are selfish, people that are um, uh, corrupt, people that are uh, criminals. Right. Very, very rarely have I met anyone that associates with them that's a good person. On the other hand, I have met good people that, you know, they, you know, you're, for instance, you, uh, the people you associate with, those are all people that I recognize. Mm-hmm. And I recognize any one of those as a good, you're automatically vetted. The moment you showed up to Avalanche, you came with Dan, you're vetted. I knew that I could speak freely in front of you. Mm-hmm. I knew because of Rice Krispie theory, you're a good guy. Right. And that's, our tribe says a lot about us. I guess I've never heard it put that way. It makes a lot of sense. I've definitely lived with that. Yeah. Um, I like, I may steal that at some point. I stole it from nicely. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Um, going back a little bit to, to one of the things, um, going back to like participation trophies or anything. Um, so you've, you've met my wife, which I do want to sneak that in there at some point. I'll do it now that I think it's important for anybody watching to know, like, A, this isn't an advertisement for Lodestone, but I firmly believe in everything that you guys do. Um, It's not just, uh, you don't need to be into firearms to go to a Lodestone class. My wife is a neonatal ICU nurse, enjoys going to Lodestone classes. Um, She's very happy on the drive home. She's very excited to talk about everything she just learned. And I mean, we've gone to live fire classes, mm-hmm. but we've also been to a handful of your classroom classes. Yeah. And they, some of them are nothing pertaining to that. Um, your Intel classes, nothing pertaining to firearms. So it's kind of the thing like, if you can make it out, you as in person behind the camera, if you can make it out to one of your classes, I highly recommend anybody does it. They're very affordable. Um, because you will get a sense of accomplishment out of that class for one. You will learn something that's important that you can keep in your little mental toolbox to help you get through something. Um, and it's it's just a good time. You meet a lot of good people. But I, I, I wanted to say that because I, I'm a, I would be afraid that somebody would potentially look at it and be like, well, that's not something that I'm afraid of that world or something yeah. like that. There's many options. Take a land nav class. Oh, yeah. Take Intel class. You know, um, the, uh, you know one of the the classes that I recommend the most is the mindset uh, seminar that Jared does. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do it as often as I think we should do it. Um, He thinks that it's, it's uh, everyone's already taken that. I'm like, no, everyone that comes to our classes has taken that, but there are so many people out there that could benefit from that class. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we're starting something in February. uh, We're doing it a super Tuesday. So it's going to be um, every Tuesday. No, sorry, not every Tuesday. Every first, third, third, second or third uh, Tuesday. It's going to be second because yeah, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, is going to be a three-hour seminar. Mm-hmm. 
um, the idea is, hey, put it on your calendar. Tuesday night, there's going to be at the Elizabethtown office, there's going to be a seminar. And there, it's going to be a whole width and breadth of different things, uh, clinics and uh, seminars and preparations and planning and different things geared around making the light fighter, the, the well-rounded individual. You know, the mindset is huge. Another one that I really suggest to everyone is the um, food preservation course that uh, both Abby and Jared teach. We believe in having food storage. I mean, that that is, I mean, you have a freeze dryer, I have a freeze dryer. Mm -hmm. We have, have, we know a lot of people that have freeze dryers, you I know. seven deep freezes now. Seven deep freezes, that's, you know. I yeah. have a problem. Yeah, that's, that is definitely <laughs> more than I have. There's something um, wrong. So you shouldn't but, have to put your own circuit in for deep freezes. And that is, that is. Uh, and then. You might be proud of me for this. I put another outlet in next to the door in case we lose power and the backup generator fails. I can run another generator, just keep freezers going. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> you, you got that pace plan going. Yes, I yeah. do. Um, but everyone can benefit from learning about how to do that food storage. And that is definitely, if you're not into any of these things, throwing the tinfoil hat on, mm -hmm. uh, as the Intel analyst, historically, anytime that uh, people is cowed and controlled it's through food uh you are willing to give up your rights to feed your kids that that's just a thing so i don't want to take too much out of of uh your and jared's podcast but there is something that he talks about i can't remember what episode it is if i can find it i will put it in the pinned comment but he talks about the beginning of the pandemic uh -huh. where everybody was rushing out to get yeah. food and a lot of people got toilet paper, but that's that's not the point. Everybody's rushing out to get food. He didn't have to. You yeah. didn't have nope. to. My wife and I didn't have to. And it's not because we're like some crazy preppers here. It's we enjoy that comfort of knowing if something happens. My wife lost her job, but I didn't. But if yeah. I did, we still had food. Yep. She was pregnant. We could still get her the nourishment she needed, you know, that's something I think that goes along with what we're saying here. There is a comfort. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. If we are prepared, mm -hmm. you are going to fear a lot less. Yes. You know, it's, uh, I give, I, we do a lot of law enforcement training. Um, you have the officer that shows up to a crime scene or an active scene. And the only time that he has used his gun was 10 months ago when he did his annual qual, that man is terrified. Fear is driving his actions. And you make really good decisions when you're terrified, yeah. right? Versus the officer who just got done taking a formalized training course, who spent the past 40 hours learning new techniques. He has more confidence. He is more capable of de-escalating a situation where that other officer is gonna go to gun really quickly because I'm scared and I, I've got this magic talisman that's gonna you know, stop this bad guy mm -hmm. where that other officer who has had that training knows exactly at what point he needs to deploy that, that firearm. He knows it's not a magical talisman. Mm -hmm. He knows that it's, it's capabilities and it's lacking capabilities. And he's constantly making those assessments and those changes to the situation. He is not afraid. 
because he has been prepared. The righteous need not fear. If we do everything that we're supposed to, okay, it's just a Tuesday. Right. You know, I'll get through this. And that's one of the biggest lessons that I think a lot of people took out of the pandemic. And I don't, it's either side that you're on. There's the side that I am new to this world because of things that I saw and it scared me. And now I'm making things so I won't be afraid again. And those people are awesome. And then there are those of us that have always done this, that have always, you know, had food storage, had training, um, and did things with our family, had those confidence that when we saw everything that happened in 2020, we were validated. We were like, oh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. You know, cool. Awesome. I got this, you know. It was in my wedding vows. I promise I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and that, that's a very important takeaway, too, is that it's never too late. You no, start no, it isn't. It. You don't yeah. have to go crazy at this. It, you and, know? you know, it's one of the things that we talk about in the food prep seminar is buy an extra can of soup. Mm -hmm. you, you know, like... I know everyone's got a budget. Everyone's on, you know, they're, they're very rarely that person that's like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to shift that extra million dollars that I have coming in and I'll buy everything this month. Right. That's unrealistic. So you throw in that extra can of soup. If you like a certain cereal, buy an extra box of it, Right. you know, uh, and slowly start building that up. And as you do that, you will gain the confidence that you're not afraid. And that will reduce the stress, that will reduce the anxiety, and you'll be better for it. So I can tell you quickly how I got into this lifestyle, because truly it's a lifestyle, it's a way of thinking, it's a mindset. Um, uh, before I met my wife, I had a lot of in incidents with an ex that led me with the two dogs and the house and the two car payments and everything by myself. And at that point in my life, I didn't have a big savings account. So it was like, well, now what, you know, um, one income doesn't cover this. Yeah. So then you start cutting costs and you're like, well, I guess I'm not going to get a steak. I'm going to get a hot dog. And then next week, I guess I'm not going to get a hot dog. I'm going to get ramen. Yeah. So then I started looking at it like, well, as I'm going to get my ramen, I'm walking down the food aisle and I'm looking over and it's like, Broccoli and cheese soup, 10 for 10. It's not a bad deal. I'll buy 10 and I'll put them in a pantry. And then next paycheck when I can't afford ramen, I got broccoli and cheese mm -hmm. soup, you know? And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that is legitimately what started me yeah. in acquiring a storage of food. And then when I met my wife and we moved in together, she saw it and she started like, using it more frequently than I would like. And I kind of was like, Hey, we got to replace that. Yeah. And I explained all this to her and she's like, I never thought of it like that. And then the pandemic hit. And then we went, we went cause we would just normally go to, to giant on a Tuesday. Cause that was our day where we both were home at the same time where we would go and get groceries. And I remember walking in cause I, I very rarely paid attention to the news. Uh -huh. And still to this day, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't much <laughs> after the Intel class, I've gotten better, but I don't much pay attention to yeah. the news. Um, but I remember walking in and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, you don't know. I don't have Facebook. What's going on? And she's like, Oh, this pandemic. And I'm like, Oh, whatever. So we start walking down. I'm like, well, maybe we should get some beans. Yeah. You know, and we walk down the canned food aisle on my life. This is true stocked to the hills two aisles over is the paper goods bear i'm like what are you 
What are you going to use the paper goods for without the... the yeah. All right, whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, and we filled our cart up, and we went home, and we added to our food storage. And life didn't really change for us as far as grocery shopping. Well, we were very fortunate. We actually helped out our neighbors. Uh-huh. And we helped out um, some friends. We're like, here, take these cans of broccoli and cheese soup. I've had them for three years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're still good, though. Yeah. But that I guess what I'm trying to say in a very long-winded way is it allowed us to focus on what was important at the time and mm-hmm. not add something that's very stressful and pressing into the mix. Yeah. So that's pretty much that. Um, I have one point that I'd like to add, and then I have one question for you. Okay. I don't know if you have anything that you'd like to add. Okay. So back to participation trophies. Um, my firm belief, my wife's firm belief, and what we were trying to pass on to our son is that and I always butcher this. Losing should suck, and being stupid should hurt. And I think a lot of problems would be solved in a few years if that was the case. I, you know, I agree with that. Um, I don't like to lose. Mm-hmm. It, it is a motivator mm-hmm. to get stronger and to be better. And, you know, if I never burned my finger on the stove, I would still be touching the stove. Exactly. You know, uh, stupid hurts. It's supposed to. Yeah. Okay. So this is something new that I've been dying to start on this podcast every time we have a guest. And I'm, I'm very happy that you're the first person. All right. This is a question I'm going to ask everybody word for word from this point on. If someone you've never met before came up to you and asked for one piece of advice to help them better their life, what would you offer? Hands down, be disciplined. Find out what that means for you. Find, set those hard things and hold yourself to those standards. Being disciplined is going to be the greatest gift that anyone can give you. And it's you have to give yourself that, that discipline. Um, it is something that I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at. It's something that even after 20 years being in the army, I'm still working at being disciplined. Uh, it is going to change your life. So that's the number one thing that if someone asked me for advice, you need to be disciplined. I appreciate that. Yep. I very, very much appreciate your time. Um, this Thank one you. ran a little bit longer. Ah, sorry. I, uh, no, I'm no, long-winded. I'm, I'm glad. Um, it was a pleasure to have you. And I, I do thank you for your time. I hope that you'll be back. Absolutely. Um, Jared should be on here yep. at some point. I'd like it, to have both of you. Anytime that, uh, that you want. Let me know and we'll make it happen. Have your truck break down more often. I, I Hopefully not. <laughs> I would prefer to drive to you. How's that sound? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a, another episode of A Few Points from Perfect. And I thank everybody for watching. Um, shoot us an email if you have a suggestion at a few points from perfect at yahoo.com. But that's it. All right. Take care, guys.